Welcome to Intro to Wakandan Studies, or as I prefer to call it, The Road to Wakanda. This is a carefree black nerd classroom in which The Road to Wakanda is intended to introduce students to the content and contours of Wakandan studies, including its genealogy, development, and future challenges. I am your professor, Rain Coleman, and in this session, we will be studying Princess Shuri. For those of you studying abroad and at home, be sure to use the hashtag RTWPod when listening to this session as live tweeting will be counted as 50% of your grade. Now, turn to chapter 5 in your Wakandan Studies text for information on our beloved Shuri. Beginning with the quick overview, Shuri has been noted as very headstrong and privileged. This is T'Chaka, King T'Chaka, and Queen Ramonda's daughter. Shuri yearns to rule as Black Panther. Um, I guess as many little sisters would, <laughs> going after the mantle or the title or just following in the footsteps of your older brother. She achieves her heart's desire after abandoning personal ambition and embracing the responsibility of leadership and self-sacrifice. This is all done after giving her life to save her brother T'Challa. Shuri mystically evolves into a new spiritual totem for the Wakandan people. Think we all remember that, huh? Wakandan classroom. <laughs> now, when I first became aware of Shuri, this is couldn't really tell you because I was always, I think, aware of Black Panther's existence. I was always kind of aware of Wakanda, even when I didn't know what Wakanda was. As far as Shuri is concerned, I think I'm going to default to Black Panther trailers, not in the sense that that is where I first seen, saw, was aware of Shuri, but in a more physical manifested form. And I'm trying not to sound so convoluted here, but a lot of imagery from Black Panther over the years, I've seen a lot of different things like Madam Slay. Like Killmonger, like the Dora Milaje. And I've just been aware of them not knowing who, who these people were or what these things were. So if it makes any sense, and I'm hoping I'm not confusing you guys out there, but Shuri, I know I've seen her. Um, I've always kind of been aware of her. But when I see the Black Panther trailers where we see a lot of the imagery from the comics physically on screen and that being such a dynamic visual in contrast to a lot of the white superhero movies and just movies in general that we've gotten over the last 10, 20, 30 years, I want to say Shuri appearing in the Black Panther trailer is where she was kind of solidified in my mind. And I'm uh, again, I'm hoping I'm making sense. If you get what I'm saying type me a little comment in SoundCloud if you need a little bit of more I guess explanation hit me up there as well I'm hoping I'm not confusing anyone but I was aware of her but seeing her on screen kind of made her more real for me but moving on um oh those of you out there let me know when did you first encounter Shuri like was it in a comic was it in a cartoon was it in a toy was it in wizard magazine you know was it the black panther trailer like when did you first become aware of Shuri Shuri proper not just like seeing her and seeing oh this black girl but knowing that this was princess Shuri so tweet me or leave a comment in the soundcloud on the message board <laughs> excuse me aka the soundcloud comments now, um, Shuri first appeared in Black Panther Volume 4. This was in issue number two, and that was in May of 2005. She was created by Reggie Hutland and John Romita Jr. John Romita motherfucking Jr. 
<laughs> now her occupation is Black Panther and Princess Regent and Queen. Now her legal status, of course, diplomatic community as the Princess Regent and later Queen of Wakanda. Um, she's affiliated with the Panther Cult, Wakandan School for Alternative Studies, and Pride, spelled out as SHIELD is, um, as an acronym for Princess Regent Intelligence Division Executives, which is like... Can we, may I digress pretty early on in this class and say that Wakanda is full of such rich history and such dynamic and amazing characters. Wakanda should be able to exist on its own. And when I say on its own, I mean um, in titles, in titles over there at Marvel on the bookshelves. Like it's so many wonderful creations that can be focused on. As much as I love the mutants and as much as I love me some Professor X showing up at your house and letting you know you are not alone to the tune of Michael Jackson, you are not alone. <laughs> How amazing would it be to get a book focused exclusively on one of two th or three things, the Panther cult itself? Like how what's what's going on there? Just give me not a mini well, maybe a mini series, a limited series, but focus on just the Panther Call. Secondly, Wakandan School for Alternative Studies. Xavier School Who? Give me the Wakandan School for Alternative Studies. A book that follows that. We have so many new mutants, Generation X, the first X-Men, X-Force, X-Factor. This is from way back in the day. And those were good books that were successful, but can I get a story based in Wakanda that's around these black characters who have these superpowers or just are highly intelligent or get that teenage angst that you get with so many other books, but just give it to me in Wakanda. Like I pitched an idea for this, I believe in Carefree Black Nerd, the issue covering Generation X. I'll have to get the issue number and put it in the show notes, but it was just, why not have a school existing in Wakanda? You already have one in your intellectual property. Like, give me a school. Give me a school. And all that being said, also Pride, Princess Regent Intelligence Division Executives. There's more that can be done there. Flesh that story out. You know, I just, I just feel like we have all these things that exist in Wakandan lore that are just... Hopefully with the success of the movie, it's not just like falling on the wayside and never addressed again. Um, again, Prince, Princess, <laughs> Donna L.C. Coles is doing a really good job over there on the current Black Panther run. And I'm hoping that a lot of these things come up as well or are focused on a little bit more and get a little bit more weight to them. And not to say that they're not important, but the more that we get as far as publication history with these things, the easier it is to show up on a Google search and the more in the forefront of the, I guess, general public it'll be. So let's get more of these stories focusing on all these Wakandan things, but I digress over <laughs> now. Um, in the black Panther film, Shuri will be paid by Leticia Mitchell, Wright, Who was born the 31st of October, 1993, a Guyanese born British actress. So, kudos to her that will be our first main quiz will be for all of you students out there under the sound of my voice to go out and watch the black panther film and then report back that will be the first test quiz that we have in this course now her relatives are t'chaka her father who's deceased ramanda her mother t'challa her half-brother 
Jakara, her half-brother, Hunter, an adopted brother, Storm, a.k.a. Aurora Monroe, who is her ex-sister-in-law, Bashinga, who's an ancestor, Cyan, her uncle, he's deceased as well, Joshua Itobo, and there are a few others here, cousins of hers, uh, Wheeler, a cousin by marriage who's deceased, and Billy Wheeler, first cousin once removed. Uh, and this is not even including all of the alternate versions of different family members, and some are included, but there's just such a long, rich history in this damn Black Panther cult family. Now, focusing on her powers and abilities, before undergoing the trials to become the Black Panther, Shuri was an extensively trained martial artist. Um, as you do, after the trials, like the Black Panthers before her, Shuri consumed the heart-shaped herb. We spoke about this in the last course or the last session about Killmonger and his synthetic heart-shaped herb, which... You know, we'll get a little bit more of that later, but just keep that in mind. This granted her enhanced speed, agility, strength, endurance, and senses. Her uniform is composed of none other than vibranium. Now, through her training, underneath the tutelage of a griot spirit, while in the, and I always get this name wrong, the Jalia, D-J-A-L-I-A, Shuri had been imbued with new supernatural abilities that allowed her to transform her body into a flexible stone-like material, for one, which also granted her an enhanced durability that cannot be dented by normal gunfire or powerful directed energy weapons, which is like, again, one of the things that makes me rave, rant and rave about this run of Black Panther is we're existing in a world where mutants are a dime a dozen and humans are running amok a plenty. <laughs> but you get through this run of Tanahasi Coast these superpower individuals in ways that make sense. As far as the fantastical superpowerness can make sense. Like we're not relying on just marking someone a mutant or an inhuman. We're getting things, for lack of a better term, metahumans, because that's what I believe T'Challa had a file on metahumans in the first, I believe, six, one of the first six issues of this Black Panther run. And I'm harping on this because I feel like it is a good idea to have someone who's not an alien, who's not a mutant, who's not an inhuman, but who has these heightened abilities. Because it feels almost as if the current Marvel Universe that we're existing in, it's kind of boring. And I say that with nothing but... I don't know, fondness for the properties in my heart. But the fact is you're relying on a mutant or an inhuman or a legacy character to someone who's already established. When I read the Black Panther run with Tanasi Coast and Brian Stelfries, I'm getting more. I'm getting I'm I'm getting something that I believe is the same feeling you would have gotten from X-Men back in the day. The same thing that you would have gotten from Avengers when I guess they were popping because I have never really been an Avengers fan. But all in all, we're getting something that feels fresh and new. It's not just the same old rehash. Oh, she's born with this gene that gives her power to fly. Like the Shuri's evolution into what she is now versus where she came from through the spiritual realm, this Dejalia, is a remarkable one and it's documented in a way that it feels natural when she comes out on the other side with these new abilities it makes sense it feels as if she's earned them versus this 12 year old just woke up after hitting puberty and now i can set everything on fire and there's nothing wrong with that i'm not downplaying or harping on anyone 
because I love the mutants myself, but I just feel as if something a little bit more classy or elegant about the way that these superpowered individuals are handled in this Black Panther run and through, I feel like they're given care. And I don't know, I just, I have to kind of pull myself back because I could go on and on and on. But getting back to Shuri and her newfound powers, Shuri is also capable of anamorphism, which allows her to transform herself and whoever she is in direct contact with into a flock of black birds or a singular large black dark bird. Excuse me. Now, that right there is a dark phoenix saga that I would love to see. I have found this newfound appreciation for Jean Grey and the phoenix and whatnot. And as interesting as that is, I feel like it's a story that has been told over and over again. Fox is doing their damn damnedest, <laughs> for lack of a better term, their damnedest to rehash this same freaking story over and over again. Shuri's journey into the, um, the Jalia through this Griot spirit as her kind of mentor or guide through this, I feel like that in itself could be a film. It happened as a beeline within the first few issues of ta Coates' run of Black Panther, but it very much stands on its own. It has no real interference with the things that are going on in the real world, quote-unquote, and it's such an amazing story filled with so much African lore, so much... It's told and uh, visually and through story in a way that... It, it's, it moves you. I'll, I'm not going to say it moves you to tears. It may very well, and not everyone, but if we're getting the Dark Phoenix saga over and over and over again, give me the Blackbird saga. Give me Shuri's journey into the Dejalia. Give me more than just a pale face and red hair screaming at a fiery bird. But again, getting back to Shuri... With her origin, like all children of the royal family, Princess Shuri is rigorously trained in martial arts from a very early age. She has long wanted to be the Black Panther, but she loses out on the role to her older brother, T'Challa. Now, Shuri's failure prompts years of frivolous behavior until the day the U.S. masterminds an invasion of Wakanda. And again, now, there was always this saying which rang true for a while but not too long that wakanda has been the one place that has been untouched and unconquered and again <laughs> defaulting back to tanahasi coat's run of black panther he addresses a lot of that where wakanda has been this place that has been untouched by invaders and everything else but over the course of Marvel's history, Wakanda has been invaded several times. I believe three main times to be exact. Don't quote me on that. We'll get back to that uh, at future lessons. But the fact is that Wakanda has been infiltrated. And the people of Wakanda are tired of it. They're tired of a king who traipses around the America and traipses around other places with all these other superpowered individuals, but doesn't take care of home. And that's where I feel like that's what I love about this run. But again, I'll take a couple steps back. <laughs> now, U.S. masterminds an invasion of Wakanda and Shuri takes real combat for the first time. 
Now when T'Challa falls to the villainous Doctor Doom, the panther spirit tests Shuri but deems her unworthy. Um, as is the case with Thor, it's like again we have these amazing stories that parallel other characters or that are similar enough in the sense that you have the unworthy Thor, you have Thor and the Mjolnir, whatever his hammer's name is. But if Shuri has, so oh my God, this could very well be a story. <clears throat> Okay, so deciding to die fighting uh, the totem eater, Mordlum, Shuri earns Bast's, B-A-S-T-S, blessing by finally putting Wakanda before her own ambitions. Now, Shuri governs through the nation's darkest hour and dies heroically when Namor's Cabal takes over. With her body imprisoned in an amber trap, Shuri is eventually resurrected by T'Challa and returns as a mystically empowered avatar. In short, Shuri is a bad ass. And again, look at the compare and contrast. Now, not to say T'Challa's not a good character, but looking at his history and where he spent a lot of his time outside of Wakanda helping the world and helping other people, where Shuri has no desire but to become the Black Panther and help run her country. Looking at them in publication history and looking at what they've done Though, again, not taking away from anything Black Panther has done in America or with the Avengers or with the Fantastic Four. He's done good things. But Shuri has been a homegrown warrior badass for so long. And she's gone through so many different tra transformations. And they've been on her soil of her home. They haven't been flying away to New York. They haven't been flying away to you. It's just I feel like Shuri needs more. We need a standalone Shuri book, a Shuri title over there at marvel if you guys are listening to this course give me my shuri title not a limited run not a mini series not even a maxi series give me a shuri title now the princess of wakanda shuri is the sister of black panther and an heiress to the throne of wakanda she is the youngest child of t'chaka his only daughter and only biological child with queen ramanda who is his third wife <laughs> now, from a very young age, Shuri has wanted to become the first woman to become the Black Panther. Against her mother's wishes, she broke into an arena to challenge her uncle, Cyan, for the title of Black Panther, but was unable to reach the ring before another fighter defeated Cyan and claimed the title for himself. Now, when the victor was unmasked, it was none other than Shuri's older brother, T'Challa. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> now, Cyan is the son of the king Azari, A-Z-Z-A-R-I, Azari the Wise, and the brother of T'Chaka. Being a great thinker and fighter with strength and speed on par with his brother, Cyan was given the nickname Cyan the Fast. Now, after T'Chaka was assassinated by Claw, which is uh, Claw, keep that name in mind, folks, especially when you go and sit in the theaters and watch Black Panther. Now, after T'Chaka was assassinated by Claw, Cyan ascended to the throne and became Black Panther. He was a regular, just ruler, though it was never his intention to rule. Now, at the tournament to decide the next Panther to rule Wakanda, Cyan was defeated by T'Challa, of course, and he happily stepped down so to his nephew, so that, excuse me, so that his nephew could rule. Now, he remained the one leading the advisors to the panther after his defeat so again it's giving me i don't want to default to game of thrones but it's giving me a very family oriented uh political drama that we have here and i like the idea that we have cyan who is just as capable as t'chaka just as worthy but has no desire to rule and is able to take that step back and allow his nephew who is 
you know, the rightful heir, but his nephew to step up and take his place as the king and as the white, the Black Panther mantle. Not love to see these stories played out on screen as well. And I mean, who's to say that we won't get glimpses of that from the Black Panther movie? Because again, at the time of this session, I have yet to see the film, but it's it's interesting nonetheless. Now, staying at his nephew's side, Cyan was killed during the events of Doom War where he stepped in front of incoming gunfire to protect Queen Ramonda when Dr. Doom ordered his soldiers to gun her down. Which is like, god damn. I guess take the queen off the board, but shit. Now, again, I was saying before how Wakanda initially was supposed to be this African nation that was never invaded, but they've been invaded so many times, it's ridiculous. Um, Try not to hold T'Challa feet above the fire for too long but you have to point the finger where where it's due you call a spade a spade and all that good stuff now with the wakanda invasion when ulysses claw and his men attacked wakanda shuri defeated radioactive man using the ebony blade now igor stanchek is the russian version of the radioactive man and is one of several mercenaries including rhino batrock and the leaper and the vatican black knight orchestrated by Ulysses Claw and invading the African kingdom of Wakanda. Now, Shuri had difficulty coping after her first kill until T'Challa promised he would personally train her in hand-to-hand combat so that she could take his place as the Black Panther should the day come when she needed to lead Wakanda. Which is like, I like this idea that throughout all the trials and tribulations she's been through, you still have people by your side, albeit family, so that's kind of a given, but who are willing to put in the work to help you all that aside, tradition made sure that as a royal family member that she was um, trained in combat. So even at this point where she's had her first kill when she's running into these issues and trying to be Black Panther, she's already a step ahead of so many others through all the training that she's received just by being born royal or royal blood or whatever, what have you. But like Shuri's tenacity and her drive to want to be all that she can be, <laughs> so corny, but all that she can be for Wakanda is one of the things that endears her to me because she's just, and not to say there's anything wrong with just being a beautiful princess and sitting up high on your throne, but to have that desire to want to be more than just that is, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so into this. Now, excuse me. <clears throat> now, should the day come that she needed to rule Wakanda, now, despite being particularly headstrong she would become the black panther shuri she still was a gifted fighter now traumatized by her first kill again she spiraled for a while and became a sort of a wild child she became um the i don't know early 2000s child actress type of wild she was in a lot of tabloids um shame the royal family this was in age of heroes i think issue number four or five now her brother finally comforted her and gave her counsel as she partied in new york back in black panther number 10 in 2005 she attended the wedding of storm aurora monroe and t'challa and later bonded with storm in black panther number 18 again back in 2005 now while t'challa and his wife queen aurora are away as members of the fantastic four American battleships aligned with Eric Killmonger moved in on Wakanda, which is like, again, this is about the third invasion of Wakanda in this lesson alone. God, 
where are you, Black Panther? You running around being part of the Fantastic Four, which is great. Do good work. But there are so many other people in New York alone, because that's where all of Marvel superheroes are. That could have been the Fantastic Four. But again, I digress. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, with their king away, Shuri and her advisors decided to sneak onto the ships in the night and incompatibility. In- <laughs> incompat- I know that word. I know words, guys. During the raid, Shuri is captured by Killmonger's men and thrown in a cell. She challenges Killmonger himself to a fight, but seeing her as being beneath him, he sends a group of men to battle her. She defeats them easily and is broken out of her cell by Zuri, one of T'Challa's advisors. Now, Zuri, for those of you who don't know, he is a longtime and close friend of the late King T'Chaka. This was back in Black Panther in 1998, I believe issue number two or three, possibly two. When T'Challa was young, he often guided with the one warrior in his council and deed. And when Claw tried to invade Wakanda, Zuri kept the prince from harm at the behest of the king. This was again Black Panther in 1998, issue number three. Now, after T'Challa and Aurora leave the Fantastic Four and return to Wakanda, the Skrulls invade Wakanda. Again, this is like the fourth or fifth invasion of Wakanda, again, in this session alone. Good Lord. Now, secret invasion. Excuse me. The Skrulls invaded Wakanda as part of the secret invasion. Now, Shuri and her uncle Cyan led most of the Wakandan army on an assault, again, invading the... In these invading scrolls while T'Challa and Aurora battled their leaders. Now, again, for those of you who are not aware, Secret Invasion is a comic book crossover storyline. It ran through a self-titled eight-issue limited series and several other tie-in books published by Marvel, and this was from April through December of 2008. Yeah, 2008. The story involves a subversive long-term invasion of Earth by the Skrulls, which was a group of alien shapeshifters who have secretly replaced many superheroes of the Marvel Universe with imposters. And over a period of years prior to the events over invasion, Marvel's promotional tagline for the event was, Who do you trust? Which is, I believe I was away from comics at this time, but reading so much... I guess of the negative reaction of the scrolls, I I guess mixed reviews. I don't want to say just negative. Um, It's, it's, I don't know. It's, I guess it's, it's something that you should check out if you feel so, feel so, feel like it. And anyone out there in the distance learning, audio learning course, if you are aware of secret invasion and you loved it, you hated it, either way, right on the message board, aka the soundcloud comments or tweet me carefree blurred and let me know what about secret event should i check it out is it something i should be interested in i know that the scrolls in a lot of secret invasion have been kind of spread out throughout the cinematic universe um over at agents of shield i believe there were some scrolls i want to say season two or three don't quote me on that but is that something i should even be interested in or is it just you know marvel history that i can do without let me know now <clears throat> Prince Namor of Atlantis attempts to recruit T'Challa for the Cabal. This is a secret council of supervillains run by Dr. Doom. He, being T'Challa, rejects the offer but is attacked by the various members and is left in a comatose state. Queen Aurora nominates Shuri as his successor, and she successfully completes the various trials, granting herself access to the heart-shaped herb. However, when she consumes the herb, the Wakandan Panther God does not imbue her with the powers of the Black Panther. 
instead rejecting her due to her lifelong jealousy of her brother's mantle and her arrogance in its presence. Now, going over a lot of Sharice's history, I have not, well, I don't want to say, because maybe it was inferred and maybe it's been explicitly said in some issues, but I never took it as Shuri was jealous of her brother, though that is a adequate reaction when you trying to, your best to get something for so long and someone else gets it with ease. I never took it as being jealous. I took it as her wanting this thing that she felt like she would be good at, that she felt like she deserved, but I never felt like she hated her brother or, you know, like I didn't feel like her love for the mantle of Black Panther was tainted or um, caused her to feel any type of negative emotions about her brother. But if the Panther God says this, then it is written, it shall be. Now, when the powerful villain Morlun threatens to annihilate, annihilate, annihilate Wakanda entirely, Shuri takes on the Black Panther identity and outfit anyway. So Panther God, okay, that's cute that you don't think I'm worthy, but motherfucker, I got a country to save. Now, she manages to both save Wakanda and resurrect her comatose brother. Through her humble act of self-sacrifice, she earns the mantle of the Black Panther, and the Panther God grants her its accompanying powers. It's like, mm, okay, Panther God, it took you long enough, but thank you. So we all know that our Princess Shuri is a badass. Like, it's, here are the receipts, black and white in front of you guys, right here now. <laughs> Now, when a now powerless T'Challa discovers that Dr. Doom infected many Wakandan officials and advisors with nanites, he goes off in search of a way to stop him, leaving Shirley, Shirley, Shuri, excuse me, as acting ruler of Wakanda. Now, I'm going to pause it here. The nanites that pay attention to that as well, like reference that, because if you're reading along at home in the additional text for the class, which is the ta Coates run of Black Panther, you'll see the nanites pop up again and they're from this very attack here and it's it's important and it's used in a way in the new text which is the Tanasi Coates run in a way that is it's good you know just just check that off on your list and, and keep that stay kind of put that in the back of your head because once you run into the nanites again it'll make a lot of sense to you now he goes off in search of a way to stop Namor, leaving Shuri as acting ruler of Wakanda. Shuri tracks down and fights Namor, trying to suss out for herself what part he played in her brother's injuries. Again, Shuri is just kicking ass and taking names and doing shit her own way. She's getting the job done, and I feel like she's not getting enough credit because, again, her brother is off out of the country fighting wars and all this other good stuff, but she's doing the work back home. She's doing the work that needs to be done to ensure the safety of her country, of her people. So, yeah. Now, <clears throat> T'Challa and Shuri discover that the infected Wakandans are calling themselves the Distori, intended to stage a revolution, seizing power in Wakanda for themselves, which in turn would be power for Doom. Man, that alone, this Doom War, seeing that, and that's. We've had so many Fantastic Four films that have been deemed flops, that haven't been executed well, but with. T'Challa and the Fantastic Four being so tied to one another. I would love to see what a Doom versus Black Panther property would look like. Once we get over, not get over, once we get past the initial success of the Black Panther film and see how much comes from it, 
I would like to keep everything in house, keep everything as blackety black black as possible. But I would love to see what a Doom versus T'Challa versus or T'Challa and Shuri, like what does that look like? You know, give. I just I just think he'd be a formidable villain, and I think it would be interesting to see that played out on screen instead of forcing him to fight against the Fantastic Four every time. But anywho, now moving on with Doctor Doom's distory successfully overthrowing the incumbent Wakandan government as seen in the Doom War storyline, he finds himself with access to the world's largest supply of vibranium. Again, that right there, that's your movie right there. Doom attacking Wakanda for vibranium. Now Shuri and a repowered T'Challa who are able to avoid infection from Doom's nanites due to their heightened senses, they remain the only Wakandans not under Doom's control. They team up with Colossus, Nightcaller, Wolverine, of the X-Men to regain control in Wakanda. And although I'm not, let me see. I like this idea that you are, it, I like this mixed bag, this United Colors of Benetton type of team that we have fighting against Doom. Now, not to say that T'Challa can't go out and parlay and fight crime with other characters, but it's just having these people come onto Wakandan soil to help out versus T'Challa running all around New York, helping out the Fantastic Four and helping out, you know, Spider-Man and his amazing friends and all that. It was It's interesting to see what could something like this, this Doom War, like, because... Again, I mean, I'm getting a little excited here, class. But thinking about Doom War and and then thinking about Disney and Fox's new conglomerate or whatnot, thinking about all these different things that we have in rotation and with Black Panther being on the horizon, can we get a more a updated and a better version of the mutants in the Fox, excuse me, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And in turn, will we ever get this crossover where we will have Black Panther and the mutants fighting alongside each other? Not just in, you know, the Avengers and being an Avenger. Are we going to get, like, there's so much that can be done. But again, I'll digress because <laughs> I'll go on a tangent class, you know. But um, now they, being the mixed, team of the mutants and the wakandans they succeed but doom steals a large portion of the vibranium now shuri travels the globe to me shuri travels the globe attempting to destroy doom's criminal network and recover the stolen vibranium that again an amazing story let's get that give me a marvel netflix series 13 episodes of shuri going around post doom war just going after his shit just this badass black woman powered superpowered with her own vibranium outfit just whooping ass and taking names later give me that but <laughs> one could only hope a blurred could dream now attempting to destroy his criminal network doom uses vibranium's inherent mystical qualities to take control of all <clears throat> all processed vibranium on the planet and shuri and the other heroes attempt to fight and stop him they succeed when T'Challa uses Doom's own mystical ploys against him, rendering all processed vibranium on the planet inert. No power for you. No power for you. None. <laughs> now, with Wakanda struggling economically as seen in the Claws of the Panther storyline, Shuri travels to the Savage Land to meet Kazar and obtain a stock of natural vibranium presence there. <laughs> They're attacked by Claw, of course. Who else but Claw? It's always Claw. God damn. 
Now they're attacked by Claw, who wants the vibranium for his own use. They defeat him, but a volcanic eruption caused by his own waves covers the vibranium and renders it unattainable. She tracks down the other stockpiles in Madripoor, New York, but Claw already has AIM, AIM troops evacuating both sites, and a fight ensues. Again, this is Shuri kicking it. This is Shuri doing all this shit on her like this. Man, I cannot stress enough. A lot of her story, when you're looking at it or listening to it, it seems like looking at this in like a film version, it would be some white guy trying to get back whatever. You know, that's traditionally how it's been. Or at the very least, a black guy. This is a black woman just doing all these amazing things. Now, <clears throat> now after the Ames troops try to evacuate both sites, Claw had created a monster called Music using the vibranium and intended to place it on an aim space station to enslave the world. Like, God damn. Nigga. Now with the help from various other heroes, including Wolverine, Spider-Man and black widow, Shuri is able to thwart his scream again. Look at how amazing this would be. Shuri has all this rich history. Give her her own book. Give me a black woman team running it. Give me an African woman, a black woman, a woman from Jamaica, a woman from St. Croix, whatever. Just give me black women, women of color on this title and take her from issue one to issue 50 to issue 162 and have her team up. We have Black Panther in the crew. Give me Shuri and the folks i don't know but wolverine spider-man black widow and shuri tell me that wouldn't be an interesting arc of a story to see them all working together like man anyway so moving on to the war with atlantis now shuri as queen of wakanda was involved in a treaty negotiations with namor he offered to end the bloodshed between their two nations in exchange for refuge in wakanda whenever he needed it now I'm thinking, when do you need refuge? Your name more the prince or king of Atlant like of of the waters. The earth is I don't know the percentage, I'll say sixty, ninety <laughs> percent water. Uh, whatever it being, you control all that. When will you ever need refuge in Wakanda? This seems so silly to me. If there's something I'm missing, folks, let me know in the SoundCloud comments and Tweet me carefree blurred because I'm sure there's history there with Namor being obsessed with Sue, Sue Storm and then the Fantastic Four and Black Panther being so tied to one another. But when the hell would Namor need refuge from anyone? Now, this same treaty was first presented to T'Challa, who originally rejected it. Now, like her brother, Shuri also declined Namor's offers to stand, <clears throat> excuse me, standing the conflict between the two nations. This was no ordinary war and that the fate of both Wakanda and Atlantis hung in the balance. In the end, one of them would face total destruction. Now, following Namor's attack on Wakanda during Avengers vs. X-Men, Shuri declares war on Atlantis despite her brother's protests. The Wakandans virtually level Atlantis, leaving only a few Atlantean survivors. She also banishes her brother from the Golden City. Now, this is where, and again, I don't, I never felt like Shuri was jealous of her brother. I felt like she wanted that title and that mantle, and she deserved it, but I never felt like she was jealous. And again, I never felt like she wanted to cause her brother harm in order to get this mantle, any of that. But here is where I like that. Shuri has done the thing that's best for her people. True enough, we're family. True enough, we are blood related, be it half related or not. But I have to do what's best for my people. Now, I'm going to go ahead and take a step back and recite this again. 
<clears throat> Despite her brother's protest, the Wakandans virtually level Atlantis, leaving only a few Atlantean survivors. She, Shuri, also banishes her brother from the Golden City, from where she rules Wakanda, in retaliation for Shuri's assault on Atlantis at a time in which he had been using, excuse me, suing for peace. Namor tells Thanos' agents that Wakanda is the location of their target, which is like, nigga, what are you doing? You got your ass beat and handed to you by this black by these people, but by this black woman, and now you gotta send this intergalactic threat at her. Anywho, Thanos' son was the target that he had been looking for in hopes of vengeance against Shuri and her people. Like Shuri fucked this nigga over, and with good reason. <laughs> now going on to time runs out. Now with the incursions threatening the existence of the universe. And of Earth, Namor formed a cabal to do what the Illuminati were unable to do. (sighs) Destroy the incoming colliding alternate Earths, which is like, God, it's always some monumental event going on in the Marvel, well, in all comics. But in Marvel, it's always that one event that just takes over all the other titles and just ruins them for a while. Oh God! Now the Cabal took over Wakanda and turned it into their base of operations, raising the Golden City and slaughtering its citizens in an attempt to disrupt the Cabal's stolen arsenal of the antimatter injection systems. Shuri and T'Challa found themselves cor- cornered, excuse me, by Proxima. Oh, I knew I was gonna mess this up. Proxima Midnight <laughs> of the Cabal. So again, Shuri and T'Challa found themselves cornered by Proxima. Proxima Midnight of the Cabal. Now, the antimatter injection system is composed of two devices, a bomb and a trigger. The bomb was first seen uh, when Black Black Swan, excuse me, used it to destroy a colliding planet from Earth. This is um, Earth 1331 with Earth 616. So that was the first time. Now, Proxima Midnight, <laughs> Proxima Midnight, Proxima Midnight, say that five times fast, was a member of Thanos' Black Order and one of the best combatants in the Mad Titans army. Just as a FYI to all the, to those of you out there who were unaware. Now, Shuri remained behind to confront, excuse me, Shuri remained behind after all of this shit went down to confront their enemies while T'Challa teleported away at his sister's request. Now, moving on to a more amazing part of her story even more amazing rather the Dijalia D-J-A-L-I-A Shuri was defeated by the Cabal's forces and trapped within a construct of amber this was similar to Thane's a construct which left her in a state of stasis known as living death as Black Panther struggled to find a way to bring his sister's body back to life Shuri's soul made its way to the Dijalia a transcendent plane that represented Wakanda's collective memory. Now, during her time in the Dajaja, Shuri trained with and learned from a Griot spirit that had taken the form of Ramanda. T'Challa eventually resurrected Shuri by retrieving her soul with the help of Manifold. Now imbued with wisdom and new powers, Shuri confronted Anika, an ex-Dormalaje, and one of the leaders of a rebellious Dormalaje group. Shuri seemingly convinced Anika and Ayo to stand with the Black Panther in the wake of the invasion of another rebellion led by Tetu, which marked towards the Golden City. And thus ends the session on Shuri. Now, 
there's so much that can be said with fan fiction and with things that I want to be seen by Shuri and Netflix and cinematic universe and whatnot. But what I'll do is kind of relax that for a second because we will get representation of Shuri in the upcoming Black Panther film. Shuri is the princess of Wakanda. She is uh, the Black Panther little sister and she is someone who's very innovative. I love the way Ryan has written her in because at the beginning stages of, of the Black Panther comic books, she's not really heavily she's not really heavily there until she grows up a little bit and then, you know, she has to, you know, help her brother, you know, save Wakanda and take over and she 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 has to hold her she has to hold her own and hold it down. But this the beginning of our uh, universal um, cinematic approach to it is that Shuri takes care of the technology the technology side of uh everything that's going on in wakanda so she designs all of the technology she designs you know exciting cool things that we're going to see in the film uh she her brain is always working and she's always thinking of solutions to help her country as amazing as that is i want more i'm craving more right now <laughs> before we even get her i'm still craving more but she looks amazing the trailers look amazing her relationship with t'challa again through trailers alone looks simply <sighs> so familiar and so amazing and i'm so happy that we're getting such good representation of these characters that has been long overdue with it being long overdue i am happy that it's coming out now where we have better than just a green screen and a few chunky pieces of armor because the Black Panther, Killmonger, the Dormilaje, Shuri, Wakanda, Queen Ramonda, everybody looks amazing. So shout out to everyone out there who's seen the film already and have not had spoilers, <laughs> so that's good. Um, shout out to all the DC fanboys who are trying to get on Rotten Tomatoes and ruin the rating for the film. Uh, kudos to you and shout out to just everyone out there being their amazing black as melanated selves um again this was road to wakanda uh thank you all for coming into this class today any additional questions comments or concerns please put them on the message board aka the soundcloud comment section or join me in my office hours on twitter which is 9 a.m to 8 59 a.m the following day and that is 24 hours a day seven days a week hit me up at carefree blurred use the hashtag rtwpod um and again just thank you for staying around we have a few more sessions of road to wakanda and, um, you know, until next time, I'll meet you back here. Same class, same time. And uh, Wakanda forever. All right.